The New York Islanders head home for their first ever playoff game at the UBS Arena. We'll break down some things that have to change for the Islanders to get a win and get back into the series. We've got all that and a lot more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Friday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcatcher or on YouTube so you can get new episodes every time they drop. And uh, I want to thank also our everyday listeners for uh, listening every day and getting all the latest Islanders news as it happens. All right, we have got a lot to talk about, but first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind... Feel free to send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I'm also live tweeting during every Islanders home and road game throughout the playoffs. So join me for some instant insight and analysis. And really, it's always great to talk a little Isles hockey with Islander fans, game, time, or any time. So please do reach out. Well, can't say enough about how critical this game is going to be. Game three of this series between the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Islanders, it's a must-win game. There's no way around that. You don't want to fall behind 3-0 in a series. The good news is the Islanders have not been blown out of either of these two games. They lost them both by one goal. They had their chances to really win both games, but could not quite pull it off. And I wanted to go uh, discuss a few things sort of hanging out there uh, before we get to game three. And one of them is there's sort of an open question right now about who's going to be the sixth defenseman. Samuel Bolduc has struggled, and I like Bolduc a lot, but he does not seem to be quite ready for playoff hockey at the NHL level at this stage of his career. I'm still confident that in a year, he will probably be on the Islanders' NHL roster, 
probably be on the third defense pair, and if he stays healthy, play 60, 70 games plus. And I think by that time next year, by this time next year, he will probably be good enough to, to be a regular playoff participant. But he's struggling right now. And there have been sort of open discussions going on as to whether or not he will be in the lineup for this game. Now, obviously, you know, Lane Lambert at practice says that a lineup change would be available or an option. It'll be evaluated, he said. And right now, he said that everyone is an option. Uh, He said that's why the guys that aren't playing are working so hard to make sure they're ready if called upon. So one of the three, well, let's say four options for that final defense spot. They could stick with Samuel Bolduc, but I don't think that would be the best move at this point. Why? Well, if you're only going to play him five minutes a game, why play him? Uh, that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. I heard some people suggest, okay, go with five defensemen then. And while I don't like that idea, it does make more sense than having a player on your blue line who's only going to play five, six, seven minutes a game. Uh, You might as well dress an extra forward and let them play in whatever set of circumstances you want them to play. So that's one option and two options. You stay with Bolduc, you go with five defensemen. Those are the two options I really don't like. The third option would be Parker Wotherspoon. And I like Parker Wotherspoon. He played 12 games midseason for the Islanders when injuries struck the blue line. And the reason that I'm more comfortable right now with Wotherspoon than I am with Bolduc is this. Wotherspoon is more of a defensive defenseman. He's got decent size, but he is the guy who's going to keep it simple and get the puck out of his own zone. And when you're talking about your sixth defenseman, that's what the Islanders need from that player. They don't need anything fancy. They don't need anything uh, crazy. They just need someone to be steady and reliable. And Wotherspoon, when he played for the Islanders, certainly fit that description. The downside is that Parker Wotherspoon last played a game for the New York Islanders January 21st. That's a long time ago. In fact, it was a game against the Carolina Hurricanes. But look, to put him in the lineup with all of that rust, that's a little bit of a gamble. I might be, you know, he's been practicing with the team. He's been working, but I'm not so sure I'm comfortable with that setup when all is said and done. So obviously the last option would be the possible return of Alexander Romanov. To me, obviously, this is the best option if, and only if, he's ready. Lane Lambert said Romanov was skating well, but the question is they'll they'll continue to evaluate him and try to figure out if he's actually ready for game action and not just game action, but playoff game action. So, To me, if we're going in order, obviously the first choice would be Alexander Romanov is ready to return and does. The second choice to me would be Parker Wotherspoon. The third choice 
would be Samuel Bolduc, and then only dressing five defensemen, probably to me not a great choice. If you're going to play either Wotherspoon or Bolduc, though, they've got to be able to give you at least 10 to 12 minutes minimum so you don't overwork the other defensemen who are out there. And, you know, to me, that's going to be an important factor going forward. The other important factor uh, to me is this. The New York Islanders have been the more physical team over the course of this series. And that's part of their strategy. Let there be no doubt about it, the Islanders feel like, you know, they are a team that can be more physical, wear down the Carolina Hurricanes, and in doing that, win the series, assuming that they can get the series to go, you know, six, seven games. And now that obviously they cannot win it in less than that. The question, however, becomes whether or not they can do that and stay out of the penalty box. And that is a big, big problem this team has had. Right now, you know, we all know what happened in the last game where Carolina had six power plays and the Islanders had none. And I'm not going to go back into all of this stuff about you know, the penalty that wasn't called on the Mayfield uh, play at the end of the game that led to the game-winning goal. That We got to put that behind us. But here's the bottom line. In game two, and remember, this is the Hurricane scorers tallying this up. Islanders out hit Carolina 54-28. to 28. The Islanders were the fifth best team in the league as far as most hits. Carolina was 30th. So that's an area the Islanders have an advantage in. They're trying to press that advantage. But the one thing they cannot do, cannot do, is take penalties. That means the sticks have to be down and they cannot continue the parade to the penalty box like they had in the last game. And look, double minors were two of those six penalties. Uh, you know, two of those six power plays were due to double minors, which really means four of the six were. The Islanders got to stay away from penalties in general and double minors for sure because you're playing with fire and eventually, you know, look, three power play goals by Carolina in two games. The Islanders have none. That's not a winning formula in playoff hockey, and we know that. All right, we've got a lot more to get to. We're going to talk about some changes the Islanders made to their power play in practice, plus uh, one other thing that's really important that the Islanders need to do in order to get back into this series. We've got all that and a lot more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. Well, it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you put parts and access you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay guaranteed fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage 
and look for the green check to know the part will fit when you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Uh, don't forget, game time tonight is 7 o'clock Eastern time. And that that this game, you can catch every minute of this Islanders playoff game and with an Islanders hometown broadcast on the Sirius XM app. Just search Islanders. All right. So, we talked about the physicality. We talked about the, the sixth defenseman. Let's get to the power play now. One thing we know about the Islanders' power play, we didn't see it in Game 2. We didn't really see much from it in Game 1, but that's a different issue. They didn't even get a power play opportunity in Game 2. But I do know that in practice, before Game 2, the Islanders were moving a player, a very key player, on the power play to a different position in an attempt to get things going. And it's an interesting risk. Lane Lambert moved Matthew Barzal from his spot along the boards on the half wall to the point. And you would have one defenseman and then Matthew Barzal on the point. The hope is that from the point, Barzal would have more room to skate. He could skate the puck in a little bit better. And he could use his vision and his ability to pass the puck to set up forwards for better scoring chances. And we all know, Barzi is a better passer than he is a shooter. So, again, hopefully, uh, you know, that kind of strategy will pay off. It's worth a shot, the concern. And again, we can go back to the Monday episode of the crossover we did uh, with... You know, Jared Ellis of Locked on Hurricanes, Carolina is a dangerous team, shorthanded. They can put the puck in the net with shorthanded goals. And the concern is that Matthew Barzal may give up too many quality scoring chances when shorthanded. And that is really what we don't want to see. So this is a gamble. And I think. At this point, you got to try to spark your team and get the power play going. Nothing else seems to have worked, so why not try this? Let's see if they even get the opportunity to make that move. Here's one other thing, though, that I think is critical for the Islanders tonight and really throughout the rest of this series. The old cliche in hockey is if you're going to win a playoff series or a championship, your best players have to be your best players. We really aren't seeing that from the Islanders so far in this series. Ilya Sorokin. Game one, he was good but not great. Game two, a little less than that, let's be honest. Out of the four goals he gave up, I would say two of them were atypical goals that he would want back. If the Islanders are going to win this series, and Ilya Sorokin is the team's MVP, he is the best player they have, 
they're going to need more from Ilya Sorokin. And, you know, a sub-900 save percentage and a three, uh, you know, goals against average of a little under three, not going to get it done over the course of this series. They need Sorokin. How about the captain, Anders Lee? They're going to need more from Anders Lee as well. Lee has been relatively invisible so far in this series, and the Islanders need him to step up both on the ice and as a leader. Matthew Barzal did score in Game 2, and I think Barzi, of all the you know best players on this team, probably has a better excuse than anybody else because of all the time he missed. But clearly, Barzi has to be on top of his game as well. And I, I think he's been fine over the course of these two games, given the circumstances that he's been under with the injury. They need Ryan, uh, Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock to play at top of their game. And I think they're better off separating them more often than not. I could see it putting them together when you're trying to protect a lead late. But overall, clearly, uh, if especially if Romanov is not available for Game 3, having one of those two guys on the ice most of the time is definitely something the Islanders should do. The Islanders need more from J.G. Pajot, who I think was shaky in Game 2. And, you know, they need him to win face-offs, to kill penalties, but also to provide a little bit more offense over the course of this series. Some more pressure and some more scoring chances and maybe even some points from J.G. Pajot would help this team a lot. And look, I'll state the obvious. Bo Horvat needs to pick up his game offensively. The Islanders traded for Horvat to help Matthew Barzal and to add a little scoring punch to this team. Well, they finished 22nd in the league in goals scored, and Horvat, after a good start with the Islanders, you know, the adrenaline was pumping and he was excited to be here, signed the new contract. He fell off after Matthew Barzal got hurt. Well, Barzi is back. I know he's still sort of not at 100%, but the Bo Horvat that showed up for the Canucks in the bubble playoff in 2020, the guy who led them on a long playoff run that was unexpected, the Islanders need to see more from Bo Horvat. And it has to go, look, he didn't even win a lot of faceoffs in game two. He was less than 50% on draws. He's going to have to win faceoffs. He's going to have to help out on the power play. And one way or another, whether it's goals or assists, he's going to have to contribute more offensively. I know he's frustrated. I know he's capable of a lot more than, you know, the offense he has produced. And it's time for Bo Horvat to step up and just give the Islanders that little extra push that they really brought him in to deliver. And I can tell you right now, this fan base will go nuts if Bo Horvath starts to do that. They will be his biggest supporters 
Brock Nelson has played well. He needs to continue to play well and produce more offense for this team. That Nelson, Engvall, and Palmieri line continues by far to be the best line on this team, and they will need them to be there tonight and produce some more offense as well. Don't forget now, the Islanders do play the Hurricanes tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern time. Big game, must-win game. You can catch every minute of this exciting playoff game with the Islanders' hometown broadcasters on SiriusXM. Just check out the SXM app and search Islanders. We've got more to get to on today's show. We will talk a little bit about the first-ever playoff game at UBS Arena. Uh, We've got that and... We will have our Islanders birthday of the day and a lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. This is history in the making. And uh, tonight will be the first ever postseason game at the UBS Arena. And I'll say this. This is the test. This is the test that the Islanders... Fans need to pass because people always ragged on the Nassau Coliseum. They said, "Oh, the old barn. It's it, it's a you know it's a hellhole, but it's our hellhole." Well, one of the things that everybody loved about the Nassau Coliseum was how loud that building got, especially at playoff time, and. I can think of so many moments dating all the way back to the glory days in the late 70s and into the 80s when the four cups, you know, the dynasty years, all the way through to recent times when the, you know, the Islanders just absolutely, the fans rocked the barn and made it one of the most difficult places for opposing teams to play. I am hoping that tonight, and on Sunday afternoon, that the Islanders come out and win this game, but also that the fans at the UBS Arena really give the Islanders that home ice advantage, in part by just making this a difficult place for opposing teams to play. And, you know... The noise does carry at UBS Arena. I've been to a few games in person this year, and I could tell you, I've heard the place very quiet when the Islanders weren't playing well, but I've heard it very loud as well. I hope this this place is rocking tonight. The other thing is now that with home ice advantage, the Islanders will have the last change, and that's going to be big. And we're going to see Rod Brindamore, very, very good coach. We're going to see whether or not Lane Lambert can match lines. And look, we know Tuvo Taravainen, unfortunately, uh, suffered a broken hand, is out for the series, out for the playoffs. That's three big forwards that Carolina is without. So you got to shut down now, Sebastian Ajo, and you've got to match up, whether it's Pelik or Pulak, whether it's Pajot, whether it's the identity line, somebody 
is going to have to match up on Aho and Seth Jarvis and Martin uh, Nekish. And they, they, they've got to slow down some of those offensive weapons that are still on this Carolina Hurricanes team. And you got to get your top lines away from the top defensive pairings of the Hurricanes. So let's see if Lane Lambert can take advantage of that last change. He didn't have it in the first two games, and the Islanders still came close twice. Let's hope that that changes as we have the next two games at the Nassau Coliseum. And, you know, one thing they always say in a playoff series is that the series isn't over until you lose a game at home. You're not in deep, deep trouble until you lose a game at home. Well, the Islanders cannot afford to lose any more games at home, and they are going to have to, you know, you win this game tonight, you're back in the series, you lose it, and you are the longest of long shots. All right, time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. We're going to be a day early, but Saturday will be the 34th birthday of former Islanders center David Ulstrom, the native of Sweden, uh, drafted by the Islanders in the fourth round back in 2008, came to North America in 2010-2011, spent uh, two seasons predominantly with Bridgeport, and then came up and played with the Islanders for 29 games in 2011-2012 and 20 more in 2012-2013 before heading to the KHL, Sweden, Switzerland, and Germany. In fact, this year, Ulstrom still active with the Schwinnigan Wild Wings in Germany, played 17 games, had two goals and five points. He's only 34 years old. He could still play hockey. Ulstrom, his first ever NHL goal, it came December 6, 2011, at the Old Barn against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and Ulstrom basically got what was the fourth goal by the Islanders in a 5-1 win over Tampa Bay. Al Montoya, 23 saves to get the win for Ulstrom. He had a goal in uh, two shots, was only on the ice for nine minutes, eight minutes, 56 seconds, but he was a plus one, and he had that magic moment of getting his first NHL goal. It came uh, against Matthew Garon of the Lightning, and it came in a 5-1 Islanders win. So David Olstrom is our Islanders' birthday of the day. All right, don't forget, uh, we will do a special bonus episode after Friday's game, it'll go up at midnight, on a premiere on YouTube, just like always. May not be a full 30-minute episode, we'll see, but I will put up a little something. People got in touch with me, said that's what they wanted to see, and I'm happy to do it. Uh, please, you know, do watch and uh, listen and enjoy, because it'll be a pleasure to do it. Don't forget now, uh, 7 o'clock p.m. tonight, and then 1 o'clock p.m. on Sunday, both games against the Hurricanes, you can catch every moment of the game with an Islanders hometown broadcast on Sirius XM and on the SXM app. Just search Islanders. We will be back tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. Keep the faith. And, of course, let's go Islanders.